0: Let's, let's put our hands together for Andy again. Uh, thanks so much, Andy. Andy, uh, Andy, Andrew going to share with us briefly um, the partnership. Um, his actual role is partnership pastor with the Baptist Union, but also as a side hustle, he's, <laughs> they call it a side hustle, it's music. <laughs> and so many other things going to tell us. Andy's married and uh, with two loved kids. Oh, yes, beautiful thanks, Andy. Okay. Welcome and share with us here. Thank you. Two adult kids, I might say, so um, still at home anyway that 's all right we 're happy to have them around it 's just been a long time so now they 're great they 're great great to be around and um, yes, my side hustle used to be my main hustle, um, but that 's okay so it 's been great to be here with the team. Um, the music team yesterday really had a great time yesterday afternoon, just talking and sharing about some things. And um, and I think you know, keep encouraging your music team. Keep encouraging them. You know, they work hard. And after yesterday, I said, "Well, you need to work harder." <laughs> no, it's all right. We all work hard. I still work hard. You know, and I think it's you know, it's whatever we're doing, we should be working hard. You know, what it says in Ecclesiastes: whatever we find to do, do it with all your might. You know, and so there's this great sense, there's a great call on us from God really to to. Um, to you know, whatever we have in life, to to really you know give it all we've got, you know. And so, when your worship team are giving it all of God, you know. Say thanks to them after the service, you know, even if you didn't like it, right? Just tell them how great they were. <laughs> just tell them how great they were. Um, I'm going to share some thoughts on worship shortly, um, uh, but before I do, I just want to talk a little bit about about what I do at the Baptist Union and just talk about a couple of opportunities that may or may not interest you. You might zone out during some of this, um, but that's okay. Um, it's a good opportunity if, if, if we think it through. So, uh, I'm in partnership development, and um, and one of the things, oh, oh, I'll just turn this on first. All right. One of the things I look at is um, what history are we writing, what history have we written, and what history will we write when it comes to partnership? You know, and and so when I look at what history are we write, and what history are we writing, it says in Psalm 100, verse five, it says, "For the Lord is good." His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. So we continue to write the history that has been written before us. What's gone before us, you know, and I'll come to that in just a sec. But actually, we are writing stuff here, here and now. You know, those of you with parents, you know, you're writing stuff. You know, as you raise your kids, you're writing history uh, and ready for them for the history that they're going to write. Um, One of my roles, I first I joined the Baptist Union of Victoria, the support hub. Uh, as we call it, in, uh, in 2020. Does everyone remember 2020? It's going to be the best year ever, right? I mean, everyone started 2020 going, man, 2020 just had this kind of poetic ring around it. This, you know, 2020 is going to be a great year, you know. So I started in January 20, um, on January the 20th, 2020, and I'd literally been there for 20 minutes, when they said, well, we've just... And I'd come back from New Zealand I'm a Kiwi and um, I've been back to visit some family and, and I'd, I'd just arrived back the day before. So I was aware of the bushfires, but I hadn't, didn't really have my head around it. You know, So this is the 2020 bushfires. And, um, and, and they said, well, I've been there 20 minutes. and They said, we're going to get you to look after the bushfire appeal. And I go, oh, okay, great. Um, we've taken up an appeal. We think we're going to raise $200,000 through the churches across Victoria. And, um, and what happened actually is that we raised nearly $600,000 it was just—it was just amazing, you know. So I spent the last three years, as part of my role, working with the guys up in Correong, um, also out in Lake Entrance and Bensdale. And these guys have done an amazing job. But you know, the largest gift that came in was about eleven—it was eleven thousand dollars. I wrote a, I wrote a thank you letter for for people, everybody who donated, you know. And and the smallest gift was seven dollars. But I've thought about that seven dollars over and over again because that seven dollars is actually still at work. Because what happens is it joined with everybody else. Most gifts were like $100, $200, $400, right? But what happened was that actually they all joined together to make $600,000, which meant that these guys have been out in community doing amazing things. There's some really, really great stories. I gathered with them at the end of 2021. We all gathered together. And I said, let's just tell some stories. You know, what's some of the stuff? And every one of them, there's about eight of them in the room, and every one of them said, we know that there are people alive today that wouldn't have been if we hadn't have turned up. They're talking about people who they knew were suicidal and were going to take their lives because they'd just been so overwhelmed. I was just talking to Dennis before about the floods, you know. Dennis, right? Yeah. yeah. You're talking about the floods, you know. And people are just overwhelmed with it. You know, we know that the floods have been through here. And this, this has a devastating effect on people's lives. But we know. And so everybody's gifts meant that actually people were able to get out there. All the small gifts added up. So, that they, so we were able to have people to approximate doing stuff. Um, I, I had a call one day from someone in Perth. Uh, everyone know Enyo, the cleaning products? Everyone, you know, so the late, she says, oh, I such and such here from Enyo. Uh, I'm calling from Perth. And I'm going, okay. And she says, we've heard that Coriong Baptist Church are getting stuff done for the bushfire recovery. In Perth, right? And i go, going, really? She says, yeah, and we want, we, we want to give a grant of $15,000 to Coriong. And I'm going, really? Okay. And so in Perth, they've been hearing about what Coriong Baptist Church have been doing in community. Adam um, Lake entrance, Michael Carlisle is the pastor out there. He sold a boat to a guy. And he, you know, for something like $25,000 or something. And so he went up to deliver the boat to the guy. And he goes up to deliver it. And and, and he goes up to the guy. And the guy says, Aren't you that guy? Aren't you the pastor from Lake Centrance Baptist Church who's been doing this stuff for the bushfires? And the guy goes, Yeah, yeah. He says, Well, look, my circumstances have changed since I put that money in the account for your your boat. Um, I love what you're doing. Take the boat back and resell it. You know, and, and, and lose the money for the bushfire stuff. So really amazing stories. Like There's like just, just story after story. So really, really great stories. So what that does, what we realise, actually a lot of people giving a little makes a remarkable difference. Puts us together, working together on missions. So that's the history we're writing. We're still writing this history. This is still going on at the moment. Um, what history have we written? Only the living can praise you. We today, only the living who are alive today can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next. And so this great thing. What's happened you now? What, the so I when I started in 2020, I'm going, well, what's what's kind of the history of, of the Baptists in Victoria, you know? And I came across this book. Now, does anybody recognise this guy? Right, he's everywhere here. Right, there's a thing up the I think he's the pastor here from 1880 to something, 1937 or something. Right. So is yeah. So is, is, there's a pulpit out here that's called the FJ Wilkin pulpit, I think. Right, there's a plaque on the wall. So, so this guy, this is your history. This is amazing, you know. So this guy, so I looked at this book, right, and I thought, what's the history? And so he wrote the book called Our First Century, which goes from 1838 through to 1938. And so he wrote this history. So does anyone know what the first Baptist church in Victoria? Does anyone know what it is? That's in Melbourne. Anyone know what it is? Collins Street Baptist Church, correct? Okay, great. Collins Street Baptist, First Baptist Church. Now, I have to do—I have to interrupt myself here for a moment. So I'll just go over here to interrupt myself, right? Um, I spent six years in an Indigenous relationship, right? And and when we talk about the land, when we talk about that sort of stuff, we have to take into account we've got history that needs to be sorted out, okay? Because when we talk about having churches on land, we've got to go, hey, where did the land come from, okay? So I just want to encourage you, and I'm, I'm you know, kind of pushing a bit of a button here this morning, but I spent six years in it and, and, I, and we have to figure out how we're moving forward in this nation uh, in terms of our indigenous relationships. So I just want to throw that in there because this year is going to be a really important year. Okay, So dig in, find out more if the, if the voice to parliament thing goes ahead. Really dig into it and just say, hey, what's going to be the best thing for Aboriginal people in this country? Okay? We've got a role to play. There's lots of, there's, there's some pretty tough history, and even in our Baptist history, but there's some really great history. We know that there are people, you know, uh, I've got a, I could be wrong about this, so don't quote me, but, but I think the Wurundjeri people got down to about 16 people in, in the area where I live in Melbourne, and it was a Christian missionary guy who saved them, right? And so they now still exist. So there's lots of really great history. And there are Aboriginal people who say our people would not have survived if it wasn't for the missionaries. Right? So there's good history and there's bad history. But this year, I just want to throw it out here because I'm not necessarily going to be up here again. I'll come again if you want to hear me talk about it. But there it is. Okay. So, um, so I'm back here again now. I'm, I've stopped interrupting myself. Okay. So first, first, Collins Street. So then what Wilkin goes on to talk about is the era of the pioneers. So these guys went out and did stuff. You know that they, they, they travelled a long way. It's horse and cart back in these days. You know. Then the era of the gold rush. So, so churches come up to Bendigo, Ballarat, all those kind of places. Then there was the era of the agriculture, which would have included getting up to here and Kerrang! You know, as things grew, got man and agriculture over here. You know. So 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 that was the era of the agriculture, which churches came up this way and out into Victoria. Clearly, then we had the era of manufacturing. So back into the inner city of Melbourne, the churches came came back into the city. Then we had the era of suburban extension. So Wilkins writes writes this up as our first hundred years of Baptist history. It's really fascinating, I reckon. you know. And so I looked at it all and I'm going, okay, we've now got this through to 2022, We're sort of extension of of the suburban extension. And I asked myself, when I sat there going, well, what made it happen? What made it happen? And what I realized is that they went where the need was. It was that simple. They just went where the need was. They went through all those areas. They just go, there's people there, so we need to go there. That's the good news. We've got to go because there are people there. There are, you know, there are people who need stuff. So, so that's, we are here. So we are here in Kerrang today because they, back then, went there. We're here because they went there. right? And so we have to ask. There's lots of other great history, by the way. I've got some brochures. You can, you can have a look at that sort of stuff. But um, I love what Winston Churchill says. The farther back you look in history, the farther forward you're likely to see. So when we look back at the, at the history, when we look back and we go, hey, what happened? You know, what was written back then? We can actually look forward and go, okay, there's the first Baptist church in 1938. Here it is in 2022. Who can we see? Who do we see when we look forward? And I know it's a little bit different for you guys here. You know, I'm, I'm drawing you into a little bit into to our kind of my Melbourne narrative. I don't mean to do that. But, but we've got lots of developing growth corridors in Melbourne. We've got developing regional areas. You know, the, A lot of the regional areas are growing. Um, these areas will probably grow, developing inner city, developing intercultural projects, developing neighbourhoods. So as the union, we are looking at these areas going, how do we get into these areas? Because they are growing and the, the growth corridors, if you drive into Melbourne now, it takes you longer and longer. Yeah, right? Fred, you were down there the other day, right? How long does it take to get into Melbourne now? You just pass suburb after suburb after suburb. Anyway, um, so wherever humanity is, hope is needed, love is needed, joy is needed, peace is needed. And so this is where we go. We've got to ask ourselves, what history will we write? Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Psalm 102, verse 18. And so we have to go, well, who can we see when we look forward? And we've got partnerships, uh, we, we've got doing some stuff, we're doing stuff out of Lake Entrance. So, one of the great things about Lake Entrance is that they're now going, because they did so much effective work out in the, out in the um, areas um, outside of Lakes Entrance and far east Gippsland there, they have actually going, we, we, we're going to get a grant to them from the Baptist Union that actually allows them over the next three years to develop small house churches because they've been invited and because people want, no, we want you to come in to talk about spiritual things. We want to gather, we want to read the Bible, and it's all because you guys paid attention to us and our need. Really, really, really great story. So we've got that going on. Olivine and Clyde North are both really large um, developments and they're just building thousands and thousands and thousands of houses and there's no churches, there's no anything. you know. So we're going, okay, how do we get in there? And we've got a couple of places, Olivine and also Aintree, which is out west of Melbourne, where we've got what we call placemakers or community pastors. And we've been able to buy houses because you can't buy land for church. We can't buy a place to do this sort of thing. We're buying houses so we can actually get community pastors in there because there's high levels of refugees and migrants and that sort of stuff who've come here. And so we get people alongside them to go, well, how can we help you? How can we help you? And know, it's been really effective and, it, and it's a really great project. So, those are the current projects we've got. Here's a couple of photos. This is um, happening in Olivey in Donnybrook. We've got a uh, placemaker. We've also got a church plant going into this area as well. You know, they're going to meet in the local school. So, that's the history we're going to write. And, and if you're interested in any of that, there's, of, there's partnership cards. I've got them here. They're out on the, the thing. Um, and all it means is that actually on the back of the card, if you're interested, there's a, there's a QR code. Now, I've signed up for this. So, we're saying, hey, maybe you sign up for two bucks a week, right? You know, a lot of us can afford two dollars a week. Well, when I tried it out about eighteen months ago, well, I can I can afford five dollars a week. You know what? And I've been doing it for eighteen months, and I haven't really noticed missing. I'm not missing 250 bucks a year. You know, but what I know I'm doing is that if we, if a whole bunch of us do this, we're actually making it possible for us to get into some of these areas that are not possible to get into. So, if you, I'm really happy to talk about this after the service. I've got some cards there, or you can go to our website anyway. So that's 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 what we're doing with that. the other thing, the other, we want to consider our legacy. So we're all in places we wouldn't have been if not for others and their legacy. So what we realise is one person's legacy helps determine another person's destiny. What we do determines how another person's life turns out, you know, and, which is a scary thing, right? You know, it's scary when you're a parent, right? Okay, what I do is going to determine how that kid turns out. Um, so it's um, not always of course. We can't have complete control, but I'm going to have some sort of influence um, so we, we've got this thing where you're gifted in, in, in a will if you, if you, let me just say it doesn't matter how old you are in this room today young guys, old guys I've, I keep talking to my kids you've got to write a will right? <laughs> you have to write if you're a young person earning any money you should write a will because it gets really complex if you don't I've got my I'm saying to my kids, you guys, you've got to write a will. got to keep hassling them, you know, And because um, it just makes it really awkward. What we're talking about is actually making things easier, you know, once we pass away. And I know that's a difficult subject, but that's just the reality. And so we have an opportunity where if you're interested in leaving a gift in your will, we are in those places because people left large bequests to us. And we go, well, well we can actually buy a property in those places that allows us to extend the kingdom of God. So if you have any interest in this, you know, you can talk to me anytime, not just today, but you can contact me at the office. And we can talk about this. I was just was talking with a guy last week um, who wants, you know, he 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 doesn't have any family and he lives down in Kilmore and he says, "Oh God, just I'm, I'm going, he's going to leave his house, right?" He says, "I'd rather leave my house to you guys, knowing that it's going to do something that's going to change the kingdom of God moving forward." So, if you want to talk about that, we'd always consider we want people to consider their family, want, you know, consider your local church here at Kerrang as well, and then you know, consider the, the support hub because they're moving forward. So, those I know it's an awkward subject, but I've we, Karen and mine, my wife and I, we changed our you know, Karen works for Tier Fund, right? Yeah, you know, so we go, well, we want to support Tier Fund. We want to support the Baptist Union moving forward, you know, even when we pass away, um, because that's a legacy. You know, that, that actually lives beyond our own years. So please feel free to talk to me or ignore me when you walk out, that's fine. Um, and we are in these areas because of these things going on. You know, it's, so we have mission oriented legacy. Oh, I'm just going to keep moving. Um, our partnership. So a lot of people give a, makes, makes a, um, a little, makes a remarkable difference. And one person's legacy determines another person's destiny. So I just want to cover those things. Is that all okay? We're all okay? Great, okay. Um, we have great opportunity. To, to see the kingdom of God advance. Uh, when we, I, I'm, just, I'm just into giving. One day my, my daughter said to me, she was very young, she walks in, she says, Dad, how come you've got so many shirts? Like strange thing for a kid, but I just had this long row. And I'm going, that's a good question. And then I realised that actually all throughout my life I've been, I've been given away shirts. You know, and I just believe that the reason my, my wardrobe is full of shirts is because so many people have given me shirts. Right? And it's just a sowing and reaping thing. I just I just believe in it. You know, find ways to be generous. I'm not just talking about what I'm doing here. I'm just saying just find ways to live a generous life. I think generosity is the key to life. Be a generous person, be generous of spirit, you know, be generous with your money. Buy someone a coffee, but you know, like just 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 live a generous life. I believe that's one of the hallmarks of following Jesus. You still all right? Great, okay. All right. So um I'm going to shift gear. I know it's kind of like I'm giving you whiplash this morning, um, leading worship, doing a song, you know, preaching all sorts of stuff, but anyway. Um, uh, so I'm going to talk about worship just a little bit. It's going to touch on a couple of points of worship. It's a massive topic. You know, you could talk about it for weeks and months and really still just be trying to figure out what it means to worship and what role worship plays in our lives. Um, I've spent most of a lot of my adult life, so over 25 years. Um, in the area of worship, and particularly as it relates to music, um, I've been a key volunteer, and I've been in paid positions in large churches where that's, you know, that's had an, had an, had, a, had a role. And one thing I've, I've learned is that actually it's really dynamic. Right? It's not static. The way we express worship um, is not is not is not doesn't stay the same, uh, because really what worship is, and it's not just about music. But I am going to talk a little bit about music this morning. Um, is, is that actually worship is not defined by anything except our response to God. And however that looks, that's our worship. You may love dancing, right? You go, well, I'm just going to dance before God because I want to express my worship. You, might just, you just might be a words person. and say, God, man, I just, I just love you today. You know, and that, that's, that's our expression. All our worship is, is really is a response to God. And it doesn't stay static because you know, we, we define it by music, but just in terms of music even, it's not the same as it was 30 years ago. You know, 30 years ago, maybe 40, 50 years ago, you know, they were saying, well, you can't have drums in church because it's from the devil, you know. And um, I grew up, you know, my, my father was a Presbyterian minister. Some of you might still think that. Um, you know, um, my father was a Presbyterian minister and a very good singer, you know, so I grew up with, you know, it was the pipe organ. You know what I mean? And a dad singing from the front, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And so, so you know, it's changed. You know, if, if I go back to the, when I grew up as a kid, you never would have thought it was going to be contemporary music in church because that's how it was defined. If you go back, you know, even hundreds of years or thousands of years, you know, when, when it was just the monks singing, for example, and I've got a classical music background, you know, Rack has written these beautiful vespers that are just voices, you know, that are worship. And you just go, wow. In some ways, I'd almost prefer that. I just go, there's something incredible about just that pure voice. And there are people on earth today who say, hey, there's There's no place for musical instruments in the church, you know, and so it's 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 a very broad topic, you know, and it's a very thing. But the thing is, it's not static; it doesn't stay the same. And I just want, if I can, just sow two little thoughts into your world today, right? Because I can talk and talk and talk about worship, but I just want to say two things today. One is that it turns on the light. Everybody say that worship turns on the light. Worship turns on the light, right? It just turns on the light. Right, it turns on the light of God. And the second thing that I'll come to is, I want you to say, is there is a power, there is power in the song. There is power in a song. Say that. There is power in a song. I should have moved on to get you, so you had them in front of you. Worship turns on light, there's power in a song. Okay. So if you remember two things today, that, that's all I want you to remember. Okay. Worship turns on light, there's a power in the song. Psalm 27. Verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And then it goes on to say, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And so what we have here is the psalmist making a declaration. And it's a declaration of worship. It's a declaration of worship because he says, The Lord. And this would translate in the the Old Testament to, to Yahweh. Yahweh or Jehovah. Yahweh. Yahweh, he's naming him, and he goes, Yahweh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. My apologies for miss my out of there. That's the one. The Lord, you know, and so he makes this declaration, the psalmist, and so he's saying, Yahweh, or the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? And so what he's saying is the same. But the reason it's worship is because he's going whether he sings it or whether he says it is because not someone or something else. He's saying that nothing else. Is his light and his salvation. So he's turning on the light. He's saying, God, I'm turning on the light. You are my light. Right? It doesn't matter, not, not my husband, not my parents, not my, my kids, nothing else, not the house I live in, not the car I drive. None of those things are my light. It's a declaration that just says, you know, God, you are my light. And so he says, "I place him at the top, above all other things. Any other people or issues. He is my light that shows the way." That's what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is saying, "You know, he is my light, and he shows me what things are really like." You know, when we worship, when we turn on the light of God, it actually shows us what things are like around the rest of us. When we see God for who He really is, it turns on the light around us, and He shows me things that I otherwise wouldn't see. When the light, when I turn on His light, I see things I wouldn't otherwise see. And so Yahweh makes, makes the distinction that it's you, God, it's not anyone or anything else. And then the word is, you know, Yahweh is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And he makes this declaration in terms of uncertainty because he goes on to describe some things that are very uncertain and difficult. But he says, even when I'm unsure, you are. It's making that declaration. I don't know what the day is going to bring, but you are. You are my light. It's a worshipful statement. In the midst of uncertainty, even when it's dark, God, you are something else. You are something else that is other than that darkness. The Lord, is, the Lord is my. It's a claim. It's not the Lord is Nancy's or Fred's. The Lord is not you know Joe's or Pat's or Michael. You know, it's, not the, you know, it's not your light. He's my light. I'm making a declaration today that whatever I'm facing, the Lord is my light. It's an ownership thing. It's not for just for other people. It's mine. You know, I own, you know, I own this light that God brings. Every morning, every evening, and during the day. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, we can think about it even, you know, a, here's a regular place. He's mine. It's mine. You know, he's my light today. He's everything, he's something I need. We all need light, right? We need light. So here's my light. He's my light. When he makes a declaration about the light, it's every morning, every night. And maybe, maybe just maybe, now every time you turn on a light switch in your home, you go, God, I worship you. I'm turning on a light in the same way that I just want to turn God's light on into my world. We need light every day. And then he says, and he is my light and my salvation. So he's other things. He saves me from darkness, from all sorts of other things. I might stumble at times and you're something else. You're not just my light, but actually you are my salvation. You're the one who picks me up. You're the one who turns me around. And so here's this statement about God being our light because it just leads to all these other things as well. You know, and we live in a world that actually is is combating against us, don't you think? Does anybody else feel that? Right? The world is is, is it battling and and in a sense? You know, it's not about doom and gloom, but actually, you know, darkness in a sense is, is, is kind of creeping in and it's rising around our lives in all manner of ways. But for us to say, you know, I worship God is to say, you know, I turn on the light, God. I turn on the light to the, to the things, and I'm not saying Facebook is evil. I'm just saying that, you know, Facebook, and the, 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 if I turn on the light, to, well, what is Facebook really about? I, I worship you, God, and then I look at Facebook. Or I worship you, God, or I look at Facebook in the light of who you are, God. Right, so it's just this sense of actually turning on the light wherever we go, and we have we have everyday distractions. You know, we've got our phones, we've got all things that distract us. But actually, to worship God is to actually realign us, to kind of centre us back by turning on the light and going. I turn my light on the things, even in the midst of all the distractions. So there are minor distractions in our lives, and then we have major things that disrupt our lives. You know, we've just heard one about this morning. My condolences on losing your, your brother Trevor this morning. So, so that that, that that's a major disruption in our life. Um, we might have a loss of a loved one or a relationship break thing. So, what does it even mean to turn on the light in those times? You know, it, it's, it's a big thing, isn't it? You know, um, I, I, a friend of mine, um, or a, couple, a couple of, a couple of friends of mine, and um, about four years ago, um, Amanda, or about five years ago, you know, she, she had cancer in her brain, you know, and they're good friends of ours every around the corner. And, um, you know, and so she ended up in hospital and, and she ended up going blind, you know, and, and I, and I went, I used to take my guitar in, you know, and at the time I'd written a bunch of songs, you know, and so, I just said, hey, Amanda, you know, can I, can I, is it right if I sing these songs? I didn't even know what that was going to be like, you know, to come into the hospital and sing these songs, you know, because the proverb says don't sing songs to a troubled heart, right? But, but I asked her permission, I said, you know, can I sing, you know, can I, and she said, oh, yeah, that'd be great, you know. And so I sang these songs, you know, and she joined in, you know, and I'm going, wow, here she is really on her deathbed, and she's just singing these songs, and I'm going, wow, talk about turning on the light, you know, even in a major disruption. So it's a profound thing. Another thing that during COVID times, right, um, I, I, uh, a lot of people were saying, well, what's God doing? Did you, anyone hear that question? What's God doing in these times? I thought it was a weird question, actually. You know, I don't know why I thought it was weird. I just, it was just, it just sort of seemed strange to me. But then I thought one day I was walking and, I, and, I, and a weirder question, in a sense, came out of my mouth. My own mouth, I just pray and I go, you know, God, who are you in these times? And I went, oh, okay, that's a strange question. It just sort of came out of my mouth. But I said, God, who are you? And I really just going, okay, well, God, who are you? I'm, I'm not really worried about what you're doing. I just want to know who you are. And that's that sense of worship. You know, how do I turn on my light? And we had, we, uh, during COVID, I mean, I don't think you guys were locked down as much as we were. But anyway, So we, we used to look forward to Friday night. I don't know why, because we weren't going anywhere on the weekend. But Friday night, you know, we used to light a fire in the backyard, right? You know, we go out on a fire in the backyard, right? And, 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 and it was just a moment to look forward to. Well, anyway, we're sort of looking at the stars a bit, a bit more, you know, and I started thinking about it, you know, and, um, and someone had said something to me and I thought, actually, I'm just going to look into that, right, and they're talking about our next nearest star. So our next nearest star, and I'm just going to bring up this photo. Right, the, A friend of mine took these photos, right? These are not from anywhere else. He was just in the outback of Australia and he took these photos. So aren't they amazing? There's another one here. Oh, come back. Maybe I only got one of them in there. Anyway, amazing photos. He just, he's out the outback to these photos. Um, anyway, so I got thinking about the stars. And, and so, the, you know, our next nearest star, does anybody know what it is, apart from the sun? Fantastic. Alpha Centauri, which is actually a three-star cluster. And the closest one to us is called Alpha Proxima. Now, if we were to travel at 60,000 kilometers per hour. Yeah, well done, paint. Good give, him a, yeah. um, give him a hand. I reckon that's good. It's not very often I get a response on that. If we were to travel at 60,000 kilometres per hour, okay, and the reason I say that speed is because that's what Voyager 1 is doing at the moment. It's been travelling since the 1970s into space, about, about 60,000 kilometres per hour. That would get us to London in 20, 20 minutes, all right? Pretty handy. So if we were to travel at 60,000 kilometres per hour, how long do you think it would take us to get to Alpha Centauri? A couple of years. What what'd you say? How many? A thousand? Anyone else? A million, okay. <laughs> all right. Maybe not a million. Okay, a thousand, a million. Anyone else? 672, 672 years. Okay, years. all right. Okay. <laughs> if we were to travel... Five years, okay. All right. If we were to travel at, at, at 60,000 kilometres per hour, it would take us 75,000 years to get there. 75,000 years. I don't know who's closest in all those, but anyway. Um, that's a long time, right? That's our next nearest star, and it's the nearest star... It's just one of uh, what's estimated between 1 and 400 billion stars in our galaxy. Just in our galaxy. Like incredible, right? 1 to 400 billion stars. And then the other other thing is that uh, that our galaxy is one of what's estimated to be 125 billion galaxies. And they're still discovering stuff, right? It's absolutely incredible. And then if the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way, for our solar system to orbit it, takes 230 million years for our solar system to orbit the center of our galaxy and i remember thinking about this and i just and i and i was i was walking across the deck one day and i just went wow i stopped you know when you stop you know when you're walking somewhere and you just stop because something's just so overwhelming and i stopped and i just went wow a moment of true worship in my life and i just went all i could say was wow Wow, God, you know, and go, well, am- like, I go, What? That's a there's no words to describe it, right? I'm just going, There's just no words. I could start saying it's amazing, you know, but it's just incredible. And I went, Wow, and I just said, Wow, God, you know, wow, that's what it means to worship you because I'm just involved in something that's just so incomprehensible. And so I'll worship you. And then, and then it struck me, and I go, You know, and He's the God who visited. So, in all that massiveness. He's the God who visited and visits our every day. That's an extraordinary thing. Jesus comes to this earth to meet with us. Amazing. So that Anyway, talk about turning on the light. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, man, when that light came on for me and I just went, wow, God, I'm part of all that. So we are part of something way, way bigger. And then um, I need to keep moving. But the fact is that God invites us. I'm not going to read this whole scripture out. You're not very familiar with it. Romans 12, 1 and 2, taking your everyday life. Right, and inviting God into it. And so the Jesus who visits, he visits us and he goes, I want to be part of your everyday life. That's your form of worship, how you treat other people, what you do with other people. You know, you come in. And so our worship is not just about this awesome thing, which it is, but it's actually about how we treat everybody else. There's no point in going, hey, I really worship your God, and then you go out and abuse someone, right? Or even ignore someone. It's a very difficult thing to, you know. And so, so there's this whole idea that actually our worship is expressed to God, but it's also expressed in our response to God and how we treat other people. Okay, so that's the first point. I just want to keep moving on because I've got a. Worship turns on the light. The, thing, the second thing is there is a power in a song, and we want to sing together. But we're all familiar, there's so many scriptures, you know, that talk about singing. Hundreds of them, in fact. You know, Psalm 28, verse 7 With, with my song I shall thank him. Uh, sing to him a new song. He put a new song in my mouth. Uh, One hundred and four, verse thirty-three. He says, "I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being." And the thing is, song has been a part of life since the beginning. J.R.R. R. Tolkien, who wrote *The Lord of the Rings*, um, and also C.S. Lewis. Both both these guys were, were very devout Christians, you know. And Tolkien writes in *The Silmarillion*, which is the prequel to *Lord of the Rings*. He talks about that the Creator God uh, singing, and all and all the universe comes into being. You can just imagine it, right? And, and we know from our scripture, it says, you know, God spoke. Well, wouldn't God speaking if you heard it? Wouldn't it just be the best song you ever heard, you know? And so, so the Silmarillion, right, he writes it. And, and in fact, it's really great because he talks about someone starts singing a song that's slightly different. And, it, and it's, it's, the throw, it's it's throwing the devil out of heaven, you know, because he starts singing a different song than God's. It's, really, it's a really great way of writing it. Um, in the C.S. Lewis, in the, in the Chronicles of Narnia, and The Magician's Nephew, Aslan the Lion sings creation into being. Just starts this long note, you know. And so there's a, there's a thing about that. All the ancient cultures, they all have the song as part of their narrative. Um, the other thing is that, you know, there's something, we know there's something powerful in a song, right? The anthems, the football teams. Who's your football team, Pat? Essen. I, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what the song is, right? You know, we are Geelong, the greatest singer. Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying we've all got the anthems, right? Lost half the room. Lost half the room. Okay. <laughs> So I'm not really a massive, massive you know, what, what do you want to start singing the Collingwood song or something? Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying, right, you know, the anthems, you know, they, they get into the room, they don't really sing that well, right, but they, but they get in there and they sing them, you know. I reckon if I was a coach of a football team, I'd say, okay, if we lose a team, we're still going to get in there and we're going to sing because we still believe in who we are, right, you know, that'd be an amazing thing if you got your team to get in there and sing even though they lost, That'd be that'd be a great thing. Anyway, we know that they 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 provide a really powerful, you know, they bring us together. The song is written and they bring something together, which is an incredible thing. Um, uh, There's an amazing scene, one of the beginning of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. There's this amazing scene where they've lined up all these poor people, and I don't, I'm not sure what what the context is, and they're all lined up ready to be hung, and one kid starts singing, and they all start singing. So all these people are about to be hung and they all start singing. It gives you goosebumps. You look, you just go, oh, my goodness, right? In the face of the fact that they're about to be hung, all these people start singing. And, and, the, and the guys, the, the soldiers, they, they, they've got no idea what's going on. And what I realised when I watched that is I'm going, you know, I want to be with the singers. I would rather be with the singers than with the perpetrators. of, other, You know, I, I, I want to be found with the singers is what I realised. Find me, God, with the singers. Right, find me with those who sing even in the midst of adversity. And um, you know, so worship songs for us, we don't know when we worship, we don't know how far our, tra- our worship might have travelled this morning. But what we know is we've made a declaration over Kerrang! Right? We've made a declaration over Victoria. We've joined with thousands of others, hundreds of thousands all around the globe today as, a, as the song, the song of God. You know, it goes around the globe. It's an amazing thing, right? It goes, and we don't, we don't, we've got no idea how far it goes. We don't know where our prayers go, right? But I just imagine that our song goes way further than our ears can hear because we're making a declaration about something, we're making a declaration to something. You know, when we, music lights up the whole brain, they've done studies on the brain, and so there's power in a song. You know, when Amanda was in the hospital, you know, I'm going, wow, Amanda, you're singing. You know, you're prepared to sing, you know. And, and it was doing something in our own world. And, you know, it, it had such an impact that even in our own world that I, I sang one of the songs at a funeral, you know. And you know, and there's just this whole thing, you know, that music just has this something where you know, it represents something. It aligns our hearts, you know. It can shift us. Um, you know, Isaiah 54, it says, sing, O barren one. What? 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 You know, why would you sing if you're barren, you know? But it might be a broken one, whatever it is, you know, just sing. You know, be found with the singers, singers. I, um, I as I said, I grew, up, I grew up in a musical family and I grew up in a traditional church and I walked out of church. I didn't really have anything to do with the church from the age of 14 to 21. When I was 21, I was playing five nights a week in a piano bar in Wellington in New Zealand. Um, during that time, I came to Christ. You know, my life didn't change that much, but all of a sudden it changed, you know, and, and I kind of, I, I, I got out of that, and the reason I got out of it, my parents actually split up at the same, a similar time, they, they did shortly after. And so so what I decided to do is go back to the town where my mum lived for a while, right? I'm just going to sort of support mum because none of my other siblings were there. And so I got a job. I go, well, I just need a job for a couple of months, right? Doesn't matter what it is, um, just so I can be around where mum is. Anyway, so I got this job, and I was, I was the bottom guy. I went from playing one of the best piano bars in New Zealand, um, and I was the to the bottom guy in a labouring gang painting, right? And 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 they got me to do all the water blasting, you know. So I do all the water blasting, and anyway, cutting the long story short, I mean, I learned a lot of stuff. I wasn't there for two months; I was there for eighteen months. You know, it was, a, it was a god journey. It was great. But what I'm saying, one of those days, they asked me to water blast out a meat fridge, and it was probably kind of you know a third of the size of this room here, and it was freezing cold. They didn't want to turn it off because well, then they've got to recall it again, right? I'm in this freezer. And I'm just, and I've got fat running down my face, you know, animal fat. I can't see a thing because I'm wearing glasses. There's just water. It's freezing cold. And I'm going, God, what am I doing here? Right. Now, I'd started going to this church. I grew up in a musical family. Um, you know, I had class- I've got a classical music background. I've been playing jazz and rock and all that sort of stuff, right? Anyway, so when I first went into church, I thought I'd go to church, right? So I started going to this local kind of contemporary church. And I, and I walked in, and I heard music like I'd never heard before, right? It was terrible. <laughs> like it was terrible. You know, and it and it messed with my sensibilities, you know, and I are singing these terrible songs, and I'm just going, Wow, what's this? You know? Anyway, you know, and so you know, I'm 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 pointing out that really I was a, a musical snob, you know, there's a sense of that, you know. Anyway, so I'm in the meat freezer and I started singing some of those terrible songs. Right? And everything changed. I lifted a song. And everything changed. I could have stayed there all day, you know. I just went, "Wow, okay." And that's when I got converted to the power of worship. I lifted a song right when I'm just going, "God, what the heck am I doing here? Seriously, you know, why? How come I'm here now? You know." And and I just went, "Wow." I lifted a song. I didn't even like the songs; they weren't all that bad, you know. But I'm just saying, you know, I, it, I got over myself <laughs> and started singing those songs, and I engaged my heart. And so, a song can change us even if our circumstances don't change. The song changes us. Anyway, I've, I've, I've pushed the time. But Paul, is, Paul and Silas are in the jail, right? You know, and they're singing a song. You know, and, and they're in jail. And they start singing a song. And God's up in heaven. And because the earth is his footstool, he starts tapping his foot. You know, he goes, yeah, I like it. now," you know? And of course, it creates an earthquake because he's tapping his foot. So, I'm sorry, it's rubbish. Okay, so anyway. Right, you know, and it cracks open, and and so. But of course, Paul and Silas don't run; they just go. It's just created a new opportunity for them to sing the song. And in Psalm one hundred forty-five, uh, sorry, Psalm one hundred forty-seven, verse two says, "You know, bring my soul out of prison. We may not be delivered from our actual prisons, but bring my soul out of prison that I might praise you. That's the power of song." Um, we're going to keep moving I'm going i I can talk all day but we're going to we're going to join together and we're going to sing a song today but just remember two things you know worship turns on the light it turns on the light it it, it turns on the light in the face of darkness it turns on the light inside our own hearts and there's power in a song you know maybe you're someone you know who just feels like you can't sing right you just can't that's okay i'm not saying you have to sing but the thing is you know, when when we stand next to someone else who's singing we get carried by their song right isn't it good to hear someone else sing? Not always, you know. Give you maybe turn it down a bit or something. But I'm just saying, you know, we get carried by other people singing as well. So we're going to we're going to stand to our feet and remember, worship turns on the light. And that there's power in a song. So we're going to sing together this morning.